Shall we lift up our voices together as one and begin to thank God for this very hour? Our God and King, we thank you so much for the grace you have given us today to see another day. Let's thank God for how he has blessed us over this very week. For the past two days, for the manifestation of his grace and power that we have seen, for impartation, for revelation, for explosive insight that the Holy Spirit has given to us. As a people, I can really see that the harvest is right here. Father, we exalt and magnify your holy name. We bless you, King of Heaven, for everything that you have done to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' holy name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Well, you are all very welcome again to tonight. I think uh, I can say that things are getting better and better. Tonight, we are privileged to have another mighty man of God, the servant of the living God and the Most High, Dr. Andrew Luckert. Um, we have been able to get over the rigmarole of yesterday, and I'm sure that you can see uh, uh, Dr. Luckert, um, though he's very, very big now, but you will see him well in a few minutes. This is Dr. Andrew Luckert. And in a short time, he will be ministering to us. But we thank God for what God has done since we started this program. Let us lift up our voices together and just give God praise. Father, we bless you. We give you the praise and honor and glory. We thank you for everything you have done. Thank God for everything that he has done. His mercy endures forever. His grace no one can fathom. His power is awesome. Oh, sovereign Lord. We bless your holy name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We exalt you, Jehovah. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That we give you the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' holy name, we are praying with thanksgiving. I'll be bringing up now Pastor Kuti to lead us in our prayers. Praise the Lord. Good evening, sir. Good evening, ma'am. Good evening, brother. We want to thank God for uh, day two in the evening session. And we're going to kick off this night by reading Second Peter chapter 1 from verses uh, 3 down to 11. The verses are talking about Apostle Peter admonishing the believers who have called who have a calling and they have an election. And he said in verse 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And he went further in verse 4 talking about the precious promises. And in verse 5, he said, For this very reason, is admonishing brethren. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control 
and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. And verse 8, it said, For if you possess these qualities, these numerous qualities listed in verse 7, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to pray as we yearn and thirst for an impartation and an encounter with the Lord Jesus on this mountain and on this platform for these four days that we are carrying at the feet of Jesus. We want to be effective and we want to be productive in the call and the election that Jesus has called us into. So right now, I want us to pray that we will have on a daily basis during these four days a, an encounter to know him more, that we'll be able to build capacity to be able to be effective when we get back to our different locations, transferring the anointing and the impartation at this meeting to make the kingdom impact in our locations. Let's begin to pray for ourselves. Father, we trust you on this platform today that, Lord, you will download your mind to us, to reveal your son to us in a new dimension, that every word that will come tonight and every day on this platform will make us to know Jesus more, will make us to love Jesus more, will make us to grow in our knowledge of the word of God every minute, every day, in the name of Jesus, that we will become participator of divine nature. We will be like Jesus. Our ultimate request is to be like your son, our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we can be effective and productive in the call that he has placed upon our lives, that the whole world may see him in our lives, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, grant this our yearning and our desire on this mountain and on this second day tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. And the second prayer goes further. Just immediately after that, he said in verse, verse 9, he said, but whosoever I'm still reading Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 9 now, uh, NIV version. He said, but whosoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. If he doesn't have these qualities in increasing measure, they are nearsighted and blind. Forget that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I think our ultimate goal is to be welcomed into the presence of our Father in heaven after this race. Let's decree and declare that as we have started well in the spirit we will feel well in the spirit none of us will stumble on the way none of us will give up none of us will be weary in well doing none of us we 
we forget the finish line and just quit on God. Let us pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we commit ourselves unto you tonight. We are open to receive all that you have laid in store through your servants on this platform to equip us, to, to, to build us up in capacity. Lord, this race, we cannot run it by ourselves. Holy Spirit of grace, we ask that you help us that as we have started in the starting line, we will finish well in the name of Jesus. None of us will quit on you. None of us will stumble. None of us will fall. None of us will give up. But the strength of the Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost, will sustain us. Every word that will come on this platform, let it inspire and quicken our mind to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And our gaze and our focus will continually be on you. Thank you, Father, for we will not be distracted and we will not be confused. And at the end, only your name be glorified. We give you praise, O Lord, as we start this night. Lord, we start with you and you will complete this session with us in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. God bless you. I will call up Pastor Yeri now to lead us in the second prayer. My brothers and sisters in the kingdom family, we want to bless the name of the Lord. That's the reason why we have to bless the name of the Lord. Because we are able to actually hold this PVM meeting this year. Despite what the devil has thrown into our court. Because all power belongs to Jesus Christ. I want to quickly read from the book of Isaiah 65, verses 23 to 24. Verse 23 says, They shall not live on in vain nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendant of the blessings of the Lord, and their offspring with them. Verse 24, It shall come to pass, that before the call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. As Apostle has said earlier on, during the course of this uh, ministration in the morning, there were so many schools of thought when COVID-19 broke out. I want to thank God for the apostles' teaching that preceded COVID-19. That even though we know that our world has changed forever, and we are in the new normal, we had already developed shock absorber. We've already developed shock absorber for such a time like this. We know for a fact that God has not created a world where he will not be needed. No, never. So we are not giving up as PVM ministers. We are not. Never. Because Psalm 103, verse number 9, said profoundly, said, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rule over all. What is that saying to us? Is that that means God is in control of all this. He knew. He knew it before it happened. Two, he knows why it happened. And he knows how long it's going to happen. Praise the Lord. So, as PBM minister, or ministers of the gospel, our question is, what is our response to what God has allowed to happen in our world? What's our response to it? This is not a time for us to fear. This is not a time for us to be trembling. But a time of courage and the assurance that we are going to win. Hallelujah. See, Bible made us to realize that, you see, we are the ones with the mandate. We are the ones with the authority. The authority that has been given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary, Mark 16, 17 says, this sign shall follow those who believe in me. In my name, they will cast off demons. See, as, as PVM minister or ministers of the gospel, 
is a hand-down victory or a transfer victory. How do I know? Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says something. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Because you see, God doesn't require complicated questions from us to help us or before he help us. We said, before we call upon him during the course of this EVM 2020, he said, he will answer us. And therefore, we need to pray. And our very first prayer is that, Heavenly Father, please pray along with me. When the work of ministry feels complicated and difficult, please stand up to your promise to help me overcome them. Let's begin to pray. and say, our Heavenly Father, when the work of ministry feels complicated and becoming very difficult, please stand up to your promise. To help me overcome it in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray. Let's pray with all our hearts. Let's believe very strongly that we are in our better. We are in the house of the Lord. And this is where we are meant to pray to God. Because a place of prayer is a place of power. And we need to ask the Lord and say, Oh Lord, give me wisdom to handle difficult members. We had some things in the afternoon from uh, Dr. Ackerman. Lord, give me wisdom to handle difficult members. Difficult problems. In a way that will please you, O Lord. Lord, give me the wisdom. Give me the way I with all to handle difficult members, difficult problems in a way that pleases you, O Lord. And in finality, let's ask the Lord for divine help. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 27, he said, And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall we have help? I want to say, Father, please help me with your divine assistance. And be available to me at all times during the course of working for you. Let's begin to pray to God. Father, help me. I need divine assistance. And I need you to send me divine helpers as the message in the afternoon is. And I want us to cry unto the Lord and say, Oh Lord, prepare my soul. Prepare my hands. Prepare my spirit for divine harvest this time. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I join my with yours and with our great apostle that all that we have declared in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit will come to fruition in Jesus' name. That this session shall be unto the Lord and every one of us will be blessed abundantly in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, sir. Yes, I would like to ask uh, Pastor Lola to take us in the third prayer before we go into the Ministry of the Word of God. Pastor Lola, please. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Good evening, everybody. I'm so grateful for this privilege uh, given to me by our Father and the Lord. And I want to thank God for everybody listening. Tonight, I want to continue the prayer. First Kings chapter 3. I thank God for Apostle and Momioma online and all the saints of God. First Kings chapter 3, verses 4 to 10, but I'm not going to read the entire passage because of time. But this uh, was the account of Solomon when he became king over Israel. And the word of the Lord tells us that he offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar at Gibeon. And the night of the offering, the Lord God Jehovah appeared to him. And said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And if that request was given to you and I in this retreat, some of us will probably ask for 
growth in our ministry. Some of us may ask for financial increase. Some of us may ask for all kinds of uh, uh, blessings. But Solomon asked for something that I want us to ask for tonight. The word of the Lord says that Solomon in verse uh, 6 answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. And you have, uh, you have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on this throne this day. And he asked something. He said, So give your servant, verse 9, this is the request of Solomon. He asked God, so give your servant a discerning heart. NIV call it a discerning heart. Another version call it understanding heart. To govern your people. This is a retreat of leaders and congregation. Leaders from all around the world. We are living at a time that if there is any time we need to understand it is now. We need to understand our assignment. We need to understand what God is doing. We need to understand what is happening in our lives, in our nation, in our churches. We need to understand and the, and the, for, for who is able to govern. Uh, he said, let me read it again. So give your servant a discerning heart, another version understanding heart, to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern these great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. I want us to pray that prayer tonight. Lord, give me understanding heart to understand, to be able to discern right from wrong, to be able to know what you are doing, to be able to, to, be able to understand your calling, to be able to understand even this retreat, the messages that will be bringing to us. Oh God, uh, help us to understand what your counsel is. Help us to understand what is your will. Father God, tonight I pray in agreement with my brethren online tonight, Jehovah. Give us a heart of understanding. Help us to understand the, Help us to understand what your counsel is. Help us to understand the messages that is being brought to us. Oh God, in the course of this week, oh Father, we pray tonight as Solomon asks you for understanding heart and it pleased you. May this request please you. May our request this week, oh God, please you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you because you are faithful. You are God who watches over your word to perform it. And we thank you tonight because you will watch over your word to perform it. As we ask of you, oh God, no riches. As we ask of you, oh God, no buildings. As we ask of you, oh God, not even the hands of the enemies, oh God. But we ask you for understanding. Grant unto us, oh God, tonight a harder understand what your will is. In Jesus' name, amen. Second prayer that I have for us is found, hallelujah, about um, uh, the power of transformation. This week, I want to believe God that every single one of us that is in this retreat, we will be transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We've been hearing messages since last night. Uh, like I said, I want to jump up and run around in my uh, where I am and, and, and scream ahead of me. But this morning, Dr. Akpame brought us this powerful message, which Apostle 
graciously uh, rounded up for us in the morning session when he finished. We all want, we all have all these men in our ministry, the parasites, the predators, the participants and partners. Yes, but do you know one thing that I found out? Like Apostle said, I've, I've been in ministry, I've been pastoring all these years. I've seen people transformed, people who used to be parasites. They, they, they used to be parasites because they lack understanding of what the ministry is. They lack understanding and it takes somebody who will be patient enough to work with such people to see the Holy Ghost power transform their lives. I want us to turn to 1 Samuel 22. Verses 1 to 2, for Samuel 22, the word of God tells us about 400 distressed men that came to David in the cave of Adullam. They qualified, they were distressed, they were debtors, they were discontented men, but David became king over such men. He was king without a throne for Samuel 22 verses 1 to 2, First Samuel 22. That's where you will see those men. They came to David. Look at their CV. Look at their bio. They were distressed. They were distressed men. They were discontented men. But something happened to them. First Chronicles 11.10. I want you to see the power that transformed these men. I know that power is present in this retreat to transform the lives of men and women in our ministry, to transform us pastors too. Because I believe that the pastors that began this retreat are not the pastors that will finish this retreat. Hallelujah. I know that we are going to experience the power of God that will transform our lives because the challenges we are going to confront after this retreat is going to be what we've never seen before. But with the power of God, we will be victorious because we are born to overcome. Hallelujah. Verse 10, 1 Chronicles 11, 10 says, Now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had. Look at their testimony from being distressed, discontented debtors. Now they became mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom, with all men, to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. And I want us to pray tonight. Lord, let the power that transforms lives, let that power be released in this retreat, oh God. Transform our lives, transform all the pastors, transform all the men, the armor bearers, the faithful armor bearers, all the partners that you have given to us, oh God. Transform their lives, strengthen their hands, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, oh God, even tonight, oh God, for those who are weak among us, for those who are tired among us, for those who are who are fed up with what is happening there, their faith is becoming weak. Oh God, every day we pray, Lord, that your Holy Ghost power will transform their lives tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your anointing that transform lives be released in this retreat, oh God, and so shall it be. Father, we want to thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are doing and for what we continue to do. Thank you for the understanding how that is released. Thank you for the power of transformation in this season, oh God, in this retreat that we will all go home after it is said and done and give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, um, it is a great privilege and honor for us to have uh, to receive the ministry of a man of God I highly respect. I told you in the morning about the two ministers of God that I invited for the conference. Uh, you are used to them. And, of course, I know that uh, uh, Dr. Lockhart, you know, you are very used to Dr. Lockhart. Uh, <laughs> Tell me now. So we are so 
We are so glad that we have Dr. Lockhart in the midst of us and that he'll be ministering to us now. I've tried a different platform for Dr. Lockhart so that we can really enjoy the full, uh, you know, the production and stuff like that. So as I introduce Dr. Lockhart, I want you all who are watching this program to turn your heart towards God. This is a man with a strange a testimony of calling. You know, everybody that God drove my heart to, we all have to tell. <laughs> In the past, we have tangible story of the transforming power of Jesus Christ. We didn't uh, fall into Christ, and we do not have anything about how what He has done. Our lives are epitome, and the God have sent us as strange. So is this man. In North Carolina, is one of the, the low rangers among few there who hold the testimony of truth. People who have personal encounter, not just once in a year, but on a daily basis. And people on whose lips the, the spirit of truth will reside. I will draw from that well today. And I will expect you to draw. I told you by the Holy Spirit at the beginning yesterday that what you can get from this meaning is determined by you, not by God. For God, I saw God sent angels to every place where people will turn in. And the job of those angels is to work with the Holy Spirit and, and put in your heart things you need to do to, to get solution. In these very seasons, just like Reverend Lola uh, led us in prayer, we, the ch churching has been transformed forever. Because now, People, some, there is a class of people who have been used to just watching the church on the social media. All right? Whereas the Bible says that we should meet in churches too, in buildings too. So you have work to do. I will together just confirming what uh, Dr. Dr. Akpame told us today. We are bringing in new people who have never known Jesus Christ. People who are running to cry because of fear of death. We are having other people who question the religion they were because all this time Within this time, they cannot point a finger to their God that he protected them or he did this. So, and with the church is going to be done with all manners of people. So we need the wisdom of heaven. And the wisdom of heaven does not come by, by um, coincidence. It comes by the preaching of the word. The ministers that are sent now are speaking the word, giving instruction by the Holy Spirit. And then you will leave this place writing down practical things you must do after this meeting so that the, the, the Lord will turn the situation into explosion of the gospel. And under you will grow daily. And this is our heart. Not only that, that they will grow daily numerically, but they will grow in the knowledge of God and the power, transforming power of God, so that the revival God that has happened will flow through you in the society community that you are. And so it is my great honor and privilege to invite to the podium Dr. Andrew Luckert. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Well, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in him. We are so grateful for this opportunity and platform to be able to share with uh, PBM. And, of course, thank God for his servants, Apostle Alfred Williams and Mama Oma Williams and Christ's faith tabernacle, the great work of God and his servant there 
in London, England, and of course all over the globe as the Lord has used them to impact leadership and the sheep of the Lord. I am greatly uh, honored to be a part of this year in the midst of all that is going on in our land and our society. Of course, I've sought the Lord to see what he would put in my heart. And it's amazing, uh, even in the prayers and uh, the sharing, I've heard portion of the word that the Lord gave me, which is a confirmation. Uh, you know, the Bible said over in Psalms 11, if the foundation of the righteous be destroyed, what will the righteous do? And it said, go back to the temple. That means our fundamental principles that the Lord Jesus left on record, they are time tested and they are relevant no matter what season of life or what time uh, we may find ourselves living in. I personally believe that we can echo what Esther said, that we were brought to the kingdom for such a time like this. We could have been living in any age, in any society, uh, in any time of society, but the Lord had been fit that we be alive, vibrant, and in the kingdom during COVID-19 and the transition that our society is in, and the world by and large has been affected by these things. Of course, the uh, shaking of the economy and even the, re the, the discipline or the restraint that our local churches have experienced as a result of being uh, uh, open to follow the guidelines and the rules that our government would give us in order to protect ourselves and our uh, congregation. But even in the midst of this, you know, we serve the living. God. We serve the faithful God, and faithful is he who promised, for he will do it. So nothing, as I heard one of the prayer uh, warriors saying, taking God by surprise, and neither should it take us by surprise. So uh, I want to continue on the theme of, of preparing the church for the coming of the Lord. And if that be so, what kind of people should we be in these last days? Well, how should we be uh, in these last days and how should, how should we be conducting ourselves? And I will begin from the book of Second Peter, chapter 3. And uh, uh, one of the ministers even spoke the whole chapter, one of my uh, lessons here. But uh, that, thank God, that's just good confirmation. But listen what Second Peter says, and we are starting chapter 3, looking at verse 8. It says, but do not forget the one thing, dear friend, with the Lord is, uh, with, I'm reading from the NIV and I'll be reading from the New King James. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. King James says not slack concerning his promise. As some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Then it goes on to say, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roaring. The element will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. So that means ain't no sense of any of us being... <laughs> being tied to anything in this earth other than our Lord Jesus Christ. Because right here by the Apostle Peter, 
He foretold that this earth won't be washed with water this time. It's going to be cleansed by fire for making room for a new heaven and a new earth. And the Bible goes on to say, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? The question there, what kind of people we should be, men and women of the of called by God, overseeing the household of faith, God entrusting to us his people, his sheep, to be the caretaker of them and preparing them for his return. But he addresses us, what kind of people ought we to be? In other words, how should we be thinking? How should we be living? What should be our purpose and our lifestyle in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of social unrest, in the midst of economic shaking, in the midst of COVID-19? What kind of people me and you should be? That's the question asked. And then he began so that it wouldn't be left to speculation or personal interpretation. He began to give out some outlines. He said, and we should be first and foremost, he said, you ought to live holy and godly lives. That's the first thing he said. We ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed as it's coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. The elements will melt into heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of the righteous. I love that because he's talking about this uh, guideline is is a preparation for the home of the righteous, meaning God has set apart for the righteous a different place in our society and with him. And I like to say, according to Isaiah uh, 10 and 3, he says, say to the righteous, it shall be well with you, no matter what it looked like in the natural. Never will the righteous be forsaken, nor our seed begging bread. We have a covenant-keeping God, and he has made a commitment to us with his faithfulness. No matter what times bring, no matter what the environment go through, no matter what society is dealing with, we must be relevant, impactful, and influencing in these times. So why is that so important? Because in the middle of this, there are multiple distractions that are coming to get men of God, women of God out of place mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and even physically. And of course, we got to know how our enemy comes against us so that we will be in place to carry out our assignment. And at the end of the day that he will say, well done, thy good and faithful servants. You've been faithful in a little thing. Now enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Listen to what the scripture said. It says, dear friend, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. God give out several things here. Number one, that our spiritual condition should be in place. And that means on purpose, we got to keep ourselves spiritually fit. That is built up in our most holy faith, built up that we can be ready to help people. 
The Bible said a man that has a strong spirit can handle anything. A man and a woman that spirit is strong can handle anything. In other words, our life flow and our life source come from another realm. It's the spirit realm. So we have a, a more greater appreciation for the things of the spirit than our society have. And that's why the enemy is all he can do in every level now, trying to discount the word of God, the men and women who deliver the word of God, and those who are, are called to the stewardship of the word. Listen to what the Lord says to us, that we should be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. So God is here, Peter is here telling us that we should watch our spiritual condition in these times. Our spiritual condition. We should watch our moral condition in these, in this hour. And I want to tell you something that our society and, and has been polluted on every level. And that is good is now being called evil. And evil is now being called good. And the moral standard that the enemy is charging and chained and challenging the body of Christ is so that we would let down the moral standards in the kingdom so everything goes. Everything goes. In America right now, I can't tell you the condition that the church has gotten in. And it's simply because we are allowing all kind of things now to come in into the side of the household of faith for all reasons, for all the wrong reasons. You know, uh, new age is influencing much of the teaching and the preaching in the body of Christ in America now. That is that uh, we are saying nothing to challenge people as a whole, that we are giving what we would call a, a non-confrontational gospel now that is becoming so popular in our in our country and our nation at this time, and that is because uh, people are saying uh, the culture pressure is coming against the church and coming against leaders, and they don't want to say anything that, as it were, trouble the waters. Uh, but <laughs> there's no way we can please the Lord. And caring and conducting ourselves like that, that we got to know what we've been called here to do and not allow the cultural pressure to affect our delivery of the message of hope, the message of godliness, the message of kingdom living cannot be controlled and diluted. For, for people that we want to get in, people who are famous, we want to get in people who we believe that can come in and solve the money problems in our churches. And as a result of that, the message of the Lord has so been watered down that it's almost frightening because, uh, you know, uh, the, as I said, uh, the new age now is creeping in. It's number one, universal. I mean, God, God loves everybody, true. And God accepts everybody, you know, <laughs> he does. But he also called you to make, to make a, 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 a condition of change after you meet Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. We don't even want to address same-sex marriage in our country anymore. Why? Because we are now uh, deeming it as an alternative lifestyle. In other words, 
we are allowing society and government to to tell us what the institution of marriage should look like. Why? Because we allow them to tell us something that God institutes. They're trying to redefine it. How are you going to redefine what you didn't start? The word of God tells us what marriage look like and why marriage is looking that way because the family come out of the marriage and the kingdom of God is an extension of the family. So the enemy has an agenda. And if we don't understand our position in this time of moral standards, spiritual strength, notice the Bible said, Peter said, that we should be at peace with him. Be at peace with him. That means our spiritual life is in harmony with our Lord and our Savior. But also that we should be spotless or without blame. Bearing in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with wisdom that God gave him, which is one of the powers that we will have so that we are not overtaken by the evil of our time. You know, Ephesians said that we should, that we should redeem the time, not being, not being intoxicated or drunk by the, the wine of society, as it were, but that we should be redeeming the time because the days are evil. He talked about the days being evil and that we should make time count. We also see here that the Lord said that the, that the word said that he wrote up to us about wisdom that God gave him. And that means that wisdom would be necessary and faith be necessary. That God's wisdom and God's favor on us is going to turn every situation around, even in the midst of all the chaos and all of the calamity and all of the, the destruction that cities, governments, and, 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 and people go through. Yet even in the midst of that, we will shine as light because we will walk in God's wisdom. We will walk in God's favor. Let me go on a little further here so I can uh, uh, speak out a little further about some of the principles here that we want to share. It says that he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, <laughs> perverting, twisting the word, twisting the scriptures to, to make them mean what we want to say and not allowing God to say what he means and mean what he says. And then he goes on to say, to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friend, since you already know this, be on God. So that you may be not, so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Verse, verse 18. Listen what he said to us. But grow in grace and in a knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen and amen. I know I said a lot there because <laughs> it was in my heart. But listen what we're saying. The Bible telling us the signs of the time, talking about the signs of the time and the end of the age. And First Timothy 4, 1, the Bible said the spirits speak expressly that in the latter days, many will depart from the faith, 
giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines from demons. Now, if we ain't rooted and grounded in our position of what we believe, what we stand for, knowing un, uh, without any apologi un unapologetic that the word of God is final truth and final authority in our life and our ministry and over our family and over what God called us to do. The Bible said we must grow in grace and in a knowledge of who our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. So how are we going to do that? Number one, we told we were told several things there that, that I want to stand out. Number one, he says that we should be at peace with him, that we our lifestyle should be without spot and and blameless, and that he's preparing a home for the righteous. We see also that the Lord give us some instructions from Second Peter chapter one. One of the pastors prayed this whole thing out. I say, wow, look at this. The Lord just confirming that this is what I should share. And I'm sharing this because it's the urgency of the time. And it's really important that we with all of, all, all of us are addressing and all of us must know how to handle. We must know that, that, that there are some changes we got to make because our whole life before our eyes. And I don't believe that we're back to the way things was. I think this is becoming the new norm. How to be in any environment because truth is timeless, and and therefore we work in us. We'll perform everything He has spoken and everything He has said about us with the Lord. Bible. Tell us in Second Corinthians seven and one, cleanse ourselves and the spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And I know you know these things here. Men and women of God, all the place, conference and this great meeting, and you who are entrusted to great works. I am not insulting your intelligence by addressing these things. I'm only being obedient to the Holy Spirit and delivering my part of this uh what I know my assignment should be why I'm involved in the couple of sessions to understand the criticalness of good is not evil spoken of in the times that we're living in. You see, when monetary oppression come on people, it can make you do some strange things. It can make you compromise things. <laughs> you know, this is how the enemy gets so many places access to the righteous because those areas where we are vulnerable in or challenged in, he takes advantages of you in a low place. And so I want to give you some things that I believe the Holy Spirit has put in my heart that we must understand. And, and though you know these things, I'm not talking about nothing but basics and fundamentals. But according to Jesus, it's only when we build our house on the fundamentals of his truth. That when the storm comes, when the rain comes, when the, when the, when the, the, the torrent came against one house, it didn't fall. Why? It was founded upon the principles of the kingdom, which was the fundamental truths of God's word. According to Jesus, application of God's word to our life is wisdom. I want to say that again. Application of God's word to our life is wisdom. And wisdom in this hour is the principal thing. That's what our sister was praying over us just now. 
In this hour, Solomon asked for wisdom. Give me a wise and understanding heart to discern between good and evil. We are in a time of mass deception, where deception is on our government, where deception is on political leaders, spiritual leaders, and we gotta know in the we gotta know how to discern and know how to allow what to influence us and what cannot influence us in this hour that we're in. Listen to me now. Listen to what the word said here. Peter said to us in Second Peter, starting at the same verse my brother read from uh, in chapter one, he says, uh, to those who through righteousness of God and the Savior Jesus Christ receive faith as as precious as ours. Grace and peace be be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus and Jesus our Lord. Well, of course, when we read out of Second uh, Peter three and verse eighteen, one of the things, the last thing Peter uh, said to us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Grow in grace and in a knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The King James tell us in this chapter that the way grace and peace is multiplied is through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the, the, the more knowledge we get of Jesus, by the way, you know, we don't even have to worry about our faith level. If we get knowledge of God, your faith automatically works. And faith is what pleased God, and faith is what made the impossible possible. And without God, Jesus said, nothing shall be impossible to those who will believe him and take him at his word. I feel the Holy Ghost while I'm talking to you here. Listen to me. So he goes on to say that, uh, that, that through his divine power, he has given us everything for life and godliness through knowledge, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he given us his very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Now listen to me. He say, and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So how do Satan pollute our spirit? How does Satan pollute our life? It is through lust, the lust of this world. And as servants of God in this hour, we got to know what Peter is telling us over there. He said that we be at peace with the Lord, that we live without spot and without and being and being blameless as we are preparing ourselves for the home that God prepares for the righteous. Now we go going on uh, uh, from that verse. He said. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Listen to me. According to this scripture right here, we need more than faith working to, for us to be successful in the kingdom. And, and, and as important as faith is, the Bible said in Hebrews 11, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Yet, according to Peter, there are some additives that are necessary for us to be complete and whole and to be successful in our calling and in our assignment. The first thing he put on the list, he said, we must add to our faith goodness, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance. So we see uh, temperance or 
uh, endurance. And then he goes on to say, and to perseverance, <laughs> godliness. The scripture tells us, you know, that in Timothy, it said godliness is profitable in all things. We need to know that in this hour that we're living in, the more we, you know, Psalms 4 said, God set apart the godly for himself. We've been set apart by God, for God. God set me and you apart for this hour that we are living in. Hallelujah to Jesus. And I, and I know there's some glorious things that are going to happen in this hour, as I know the apostle is sharing with us and the ministry gifts are sharing with us because the glory of the Lord, the knowledge of God and the glory of the Lord will cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. There is, there is, God is preparing an outpouring of his glory that will stagger the human imagination, that will rock this world and rock the church like we've never seen before. He's getting us ready for glorious living on a way that we have never seen before. We have preached about glory. We have prayed about glory. We have prophesied about glory. But the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ is manifesting himself in the household of faith and in through the and through the body of his kingdom, the body of Christ in this hour. And this is why it is so necessary that we throw off these things. The uh, Hebrews said, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us. There are some things that cannot continue falling on with us in through the time that we're living in. And I can say this, if we are still in the same spiritual position, the same mindset that we was when this pandemic first started at this season now, I can tell you one thing, it is an, it's a fact. We haven't learned anything. We haven't learned anything. That means we are, we should have grown spiritually. We should have came, came our prayer life, our faith life, our word life, our fellowship with the Holy Spirit should be on a whole nother place. You know, God is in control of his church. We got to know that. And that means he's already prepared for me and you a predictable outcome. I must be honest, even in the midst of all this, and I can't say it's anything I've done other than I accept the word. We, I haven't missed a beat of anything. Matter of fact, and I had a chance to even talk about it with Apostle. When Apostle was here, that's this servant of the Lord. And how blessed me and you are that God has put an overseer like this man in our life, in our present, the Apostle Alpha. He prophesied some things when he stood on our platform just some uh, a month or two before the pandemic hit here. And I want you to know, Apostle, and I even had a chance to share with you, we are living in those prophetic utterance right now. I have seen increase on everything, everything around me. Everything concerning me, everything concerning this church, the Lord has increased it. And I want you to know it is a result of the prophetic word that you release here about us loving God in this hour like we've never loved him. Hallelujah. About us fearing the Lord like we've never walked in the fear of the Lord. And if that's going to happen, because life is choice driven. Listen to me. 
If your mind don't get it, your heart won't receive it. If our mind haven't got it, our heart won't receive it. That means your heart ain't going nowhere. Your mind ain't made it up about it. So that means if we ain't set our mind to allow the Lord to do new things in our life, setting our mind expecting, setting our mind commitment, setting our mind in faith, then that means God can have these things in place for us, but our, our lifestyle and our life choices hasn't aligned themselves where the Lord can do these things. And that's one of the detriment of some of the grace teaching that it has done to our uh, 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 society and in our culture here in America, making people believe that they don't have nothing to do anymore, that the Lord is going to do it all. <laughs> it's all left up to the Lord. You don't have anything to do. But the, my Bible says, faith, if it have not works, dead. So that means, yes, everything comes by grace and through grace, but it does not negate the fact that means you got to participate in God's plan for our life, or it will not happen by virtue of being automatic. Amen and amen. I feel myself preaching here, but let me go on because I want to get these things that I got in front of you. So the Bible said, to, to, for this very reason, add to your faith uh, goodness. And he said, uh, goodness to knowledge and to knowledge, self-control and to self-control, perseverance and perseverance, godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness, love. For if we possess these qualities, in increasing measurement, that's what the pastor prayed for us. Notice what he said. Yes, you should have these things working in your life, but they ought to be increasing. That means whatever the devil is meaning for evil, God makes it work together for our good and then use it for his own glory. So that means every time, the Bible said even in the Old Testament, you remember the story, every time Pharaoh called himself putting more bricks and weights on the Hebrew slave, the Bible said, the more he afflicted them, the more they grew. So that means God take everything the enemy throw against his church, against his people, and it causes us to rise bigger. It causes us to shine brighter. It causes us to become more relevant than ever before. We are impacting more people than we ever had in the history of our ministry, and, and, and it's because it's the Lord's doing. And I know this will be your portion. I can tell you that because this is what God is doing. And I, and I'm, and I can assure you it's a fact. Listen to this. So he said these qualities in increasing measure, that's what the NIV says. They will keep you from being ineffective, ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what, notice what address. Doing things, but you're not effective in what you're doing. Unproductive, no productivity where it should be. Well, that means there's some alignment we need to make because God is all about us being impactful and productivity. So he said in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to give you some things that will increase our effectiveness and that will increase our productivity. I know I went a long way to get here, but how many, but how, how many of you know, we got to have the whole counsel of God. Sure, God want to talk to us about our spiritual condition. There are pastors all over this city I'm living in right now. Don't even pray anymore. Don't even read the word anymore. Apostles, they're going to social media for their messages. They're going to Facebook and other places to find out what God is doing because they ain't reading 
the Bible no more. You know why? Because the enemy trying to make us believe that the word of God is not relevant, but he's a liar. This word must fulfill everything that was spoken concerning me and you and that this world that we live in. Now listen to me. He says to us, Hallelujah. Pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment with me right there. Just for a minute, I'll continue on. Oh, la braca disa kabanga, dule kisike, dola manga dila kukopro, raka bakadike, ela makusukumanga kita kanga. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen to this, please. Listen to this. Yes. It says, but if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sin. You know, even in Thessalonica, uh, we, are, we are told, every man that has this hope in himself, purify himself, even as he is pure. It didn't say God purify. He said, you work on our, we work on these things. That the lust of this world, that the lust of, of our society tries to pollute our life with, to make us ineffective and unproductive in our, our assignment that the Lord has given us. So he goes on to say to me and you, therefore, my brother, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, the NIV here say you'll never fall. The King James say you'll never fail. So really, what the Lord gave us here was a outline for fail-proof living. For fail-proof living. One of the things that word virtue carried the thought, listen what virtue carried there. And I know you know these things, but I'm sharing with you what the Lord gave me to share right at this moment here. It means moral goodness. That's what virtue talked about there when it says, uh, uh, that we have glory and virtue is necessary there at verse three. It says, uh, it's moral goodness, moral excellence, moral goodness and moral excellence, moral goodness and moral excellence. Now we understand, uh, that that simply means, here's what it's actually saying, that God is shining forth through me and you in this hour. Shining forth in our calling and in the whole work of, of our salvation. What did that simply mean? That the, that God have made me and you lights in the city, lights in the nation. Yes, the Proverbs tell us the path of the just is as a shining light, getting brighter and brighter and more and more unto that perfect day. That means our light is the increase in this hour. Our light is to get brighter. Isaiah said, rise and shine for your light have come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. That's that glory we're talking about that's manifesting in this hour we're living in. The glory of the Lord is coming upon thee. Darkness will be in the land. Yes, he said it will be dark. And gross darkness on the people. What kind of darkness is that? That's darkness that can be felt. It was a plague in, in, in Egypt. Darkness can be felt. What kind of darkness in that? We call it depression. 
And there's no such thing as a, a saint of the Most High God being depressed about anything. That means you have allowed darkness to invade your mind. Darkness in invading your soulish part. And there's no way that should be a happen. We should not be having anxiety. No, 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 no. We live in a different realm. We live in a different place. Sure, we know these things are real. We're not in denial, but we are saying that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It's not a sermon. It's a reality that me and you are indwelled by the living God. <laughs> Our bodies is his pulpit in this earth. Our body is the temple. It's the dwelling place of the Most High God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Let me go on here now. So that means he's telling me something. That we got to have on the arm of light like we've never had it on before. The Bible tells us, awake to righteousness and sin not. For, to, for, to Paul said to some, to their shame because they don't have the knowledge of the truth. We are the awake to righteousness. Awaken to who we are what we are, what we have, and what we can do because the Lord is on our side, even in this time that we live in. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. So the, we, we, we see something then. Jesus himself spoke about that light over in Matthew chapter 5. I'm talking, I'm answering the question Peter said, what kind of people we should be in these last days? And they talked about everything in a day that this whole earth is going to be re <laughs> visited with the five heaven and God will cleanse and purify this. But he said that because we believe this and know that a day is a, is a thousand years with the Lord and a thousand years is a day. He said, what manner of people we ought to be knowing that these things are going to happen? Knowing that it's going to take place. We, how do I know? I know because everything else God has said has happened. So God's word must be fulfilled on every level. Amen and amen. So what kind of people we should be? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, and we look at verse 13 of that particular book. These are fundamental truths. I know it, but that's where we win at. Listen to what he said at verse uh, 13. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. What that means, we stop the corrosion that's in this earth. That's why salt is here. Salt stops the, the rottenness and the decay when you put it on things. That's what it does, right? It, it said, but if salt lose its saltiness, it lose the essence of what make it salt. Listen, he said, then again, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by me. And, and, and the enemy is working overtime to shut down the mouths of men and women who has a word in their mouth to affect the people of this society and times that we're living in, in your nations that you're in and in this nation that we live in. Listen to what he says. You are not only salt, you are the light of the world. We're the light of the world. What, what the light does, it gives guidance. It gives direction. You're sitting on a hill, and you cannot be hid. Neither do men light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, 
and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before me, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to show you something as I prepare to close here. I think I've uh, pretty much done, done my time, but let me share with you from Luke 21, where Jesus was also talking about the end of time, the end of time, and how things would look. You know, they asked Jesus about when he was doing uh, the his message about the destruction of the temple. And listen what the Lord says to them. It says in Luke 21, we bring your attention to verse 7. It said, teacher, they ask, when will these things happen? They ask, want to know when it's going to happen. And what would be the sign that they're about to take place? Listen what Jesus said. He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. Now, now, what I like to bring for that, yes, he was talking about the principle of that many going to be saying Jesus is over here in this city. He over there in this country, over in the desert. Jesus said, don't listen to them. They're deceived. But he's not just limiting it to that deception. He's telling us one of the things in the last hour of the last times is that men told us don't be deceived by men. That's why Timothy, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, said in the latter days, many will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines coming from demons. A lot I can say on that. Doctrines of devils. But Jesus, the first thing, isn't that, isn't that something? That the first thing he began by uh, giving the answers to those questions, he said, don't let nobody deceive you. Don't let nobody deceive you. Don't be taken or sidetracked by anyone. Then he goes on to say, watch out that you're not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear wars and resolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come. Listen to what he said right away. He said the end was, is coming, but not necessarily right away when you see these things. Then he said to them, nations will rise against nations. That's ethnic. He's talking about racial tension, which we've been seeing a lot of that in our nation right now. And of course, it came through some extremists called Black Lives Matter, and that extreme uh, 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 movement is not godly at all. I mean, it's so easy. I'm trying to show you how this deception works. We see a man uh, uh, treated the way he was treated, George Floyd, there in the city, and uh, and how the officer uh, uh, did that man. And in the uh, on, on the, and of course it affected all of us for us to be able to look at him saying I can't breathe, you know. Then here come a political movement saying Black Lives Matter. Well, being a black man, of course, uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't I not want to agree with that? Of course, Black Lives Matter. But when you read their agenda, their policy, 
you will find is totally driven by socialism and Marxism. They have no value for the family as we know it. They are for all lifestyles. Are you listening to me? They are for all uh, uh, perverted agendas. And we could go on. That is very much easy to see. So they came and hijacked an emotional time that this country was in. And we all following it, chiming in on it. So what that was doing, moving us out of the spirit into our soulish emotion to make decisions and make statements and ministry around how we're feeling instead of what the words say. Yeah, yeah, black lives matter, but all lives matter. If you say that now before a black lives matter person, they will literally try to attack you and in some cases fight you, literally. Why? Because it's a hidden agenda behind that. What I'm trying to show you. Jesus said, let no man deceive you. So mass deception is taking place over our society right now. Over government, over political movements, over social agendas, and even over our culture. It, it is high deception. And this is what Jesus was talking about. That before he comes, Deception would hit our society on a level like we've never seen before. And the only way me and you will be able to navigate through these wiles and tricks and manipulations of, of satanic agendas is because we're spending time with the Lord where our discernment stays high and keen. So even when we don't fully understand what the agenda is, we'll get a witness in the Holy Ghost. This same thing. Don't follow this. Don't join this chariot. There's some chariots, me and you as kingdom people have no business endorsing because of what the words say. And then he goes on to say, not only nations against nations, and that was just, I'm just giving you an illustrative point there about let no man deceive you. You, you would be amazed how, how divided the church is in America right now over nothing but that movement I'm talking to you about because the mass media is propagating it, promoting it, and pumping it to the point that they done went from every major city in our nation, paint, paint, painting down the main streets of our cities, Black Lives Matter. Now there are people going right back now and painting over it because they done discovered what it really means. See, it's easy to get emotionally caught up in something where you see injustice in it and take the scales and tilt it over where you're trying to be just. You're trying to get justice by being unjust in your method of getting it. Did you get me? You wanting justice, but you're being unjust in your method of trying to bring it to pass. Well, the word of God is what keeps us sober and sound that we don't find ourselves all messed up with extreme movements that are sounding right, looking right, but for all the wrong reasons. Let me go on here. The Bible went on to say there will be earthquakes, famine, pestilence, <laughs> that's contagious disease, viruses, where man don't have no uh, uh, known cure for it. But we thank God there's not a disease that wasn't laid upon the back of the Lord Jesus. And by those stripes, we are healed. And there's a place in him where the righteous is protected. Amen and amen. That means we're not frivolous or foolish, but we're also not afraid. It said earthquakes and pestilence, famine in various places, fearful events and great sights from heaven. Verse 12, 
But before all these, they will lay up hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you into the synagogue and prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors on all account of my name. This will result being witness to them, but make, make, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how to defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom. That's what I'm going to talk about in my next session. Words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Now I'll read those two verses out of the uh, uh, King James as I wind it up here, as I end it. It says at verse 13, Jesus said out of the New King James, but it will turn out for your testimony, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your heart. Not to meditate beforehand on what you, you will ask. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom. Notice what he said he's going to give us. A mouth and wisdom. Which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Now what I got out of those two passages of scripture. Will be a good word for the ministers that are listening. Because I've received it from the Lord by utterance and unction. And so I'll say it to you. Jesus said. And what he's getting, let me see in this, that no matter what your ministry have went through, no matter what COVID has done around your life, no matter what in the natural it may seem like, if you stay true to the word, I mean the unadulterated word, stay true to the principles of the kingdom, Jesus said, it will turn for your testimony. I'll receive that right now. That you're going to have testimonies in the days to come like you've never had it in the history of your ministry. That the, what the devil meant for evil, God will work it together for your good and use it for his glory. Get ready for testimonies all over the place. Testimonies. What did Revelation say? And we overcame him by the blood of a lamb and by the word of our testimony. That is our open declaration of your profession of faith calls the power of God to come to bear on your behalf. So get ready for testimonies like you've never seen before. Now, here's the second part of that. He said, I'll give you a mouth and wisdom so me and you can stand flat-footed in the middle of all that we're dealing with, in the middle of all that's been around our ministries, around our finances, around our relationships and families. Here's what we can declare. He said, you got a mouth and you got wisdom. What did Solomon pray for? Lord, give me wisdom and understanding. So why God will not withhold that from me and you right now? So he said, a mouth and a wisdom. That means in every situation, write it down. You will know what to say and you will know what to do. In every situation, you will know what to say. That is the word that you put in your mouth. Wisdom is the application of that word. You will know what to do. You will know what to say, and you will know what to do. James 1, 6 through 8 said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who give to all men liberally and upbraid it not, it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing waver. For he that wave is like the winds on the waves of the sea. Tossed to and fro, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways.
God bless you. I pray that you have been blessed and that we have ministered something to you that will be a light and a strength to you in the days to come. God bless you. God bless you. I turn it over to Apostle. Thank God for what God has been doing in this season. Give him praise and honor and glory for his mercy. Let us, let us bless the Lord for the revelation of his word. Can we see what God has been saying to us all through? The book of Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, For we know that in all things God is working for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Ephesians 1.11 says, As to him, who works everything according to the counsel of his will. <clears throat> Let's thank God for the in-depth knowledge that we receive tonight. Let's thank God for the impartation that you receive tonight. <clears throat> give God the praise and honor and glory. It is true that this lockdown has caused the church to grow deeper. <clears throat> it has caused us to grow stronger. Father, we exalt and magnify your holy name. We bless you, Lord. It has increased us in number. It has increased us financially, spiritually, in every way. We have seen promotion among our members, new jobs given to people. You know, usually in this very season that some are losing their jobs. In the church of God, what is happening is promotion, 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 promotion. Not only that. We have seen people who were jobless before COVID within this lockdown got fantastic jobs. What a God we serve. We have seen people baptized in the Holy Spirit. We have seen people, not only that, healed through the ministry. Ah, Father, we exalt you. We give you the praise and honor and glory. May grace and more grace come upon your servant, Dr. Lucker. Father, may you bless him, his wife and family, and the entire members of the Abundant Life Ministry forever and ever. May you sustain them by the power of your name, O oh God. Father, may you give them voice in America, to the White House of America, in the name of Jesus. The nation of America need to hear his voice. Oh Lord, in this season, may you lift up his horn in the name. In the midst of the nation of America. Oh, Father God, we exalt and magnify thee. In Jesus' holy name we are praying. Can I just say to you that uh, I cannot ask you that I'm sh- I hope you are blessed. Because I am sure you are blessed. If you look at what God is doing, He's taking us from one height to the other. Every day, every day, every day. He's giving us solutions. What is written, things that we need to take note of, which some of us have not, though we have been given. One or two things, I, one or two things I, I will say to you, just um, from some of the statements, powerful statements that uh, Dr. Locker made. He said, wisdom is application of God's word in our lives. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then he says, this is the hour of the greater deception of the devil. You must be very, very careful. Those of you who have been watching me on the YouTube, who have been listening to me, you will recognize that. It seems as if I discussed with Dr. Luckett concerning this Black Lives Matter and all the deception of the devil. Let me tell you, it does not matter what threat anybody who is naive and commit himself to that movement 
It does not matter what threat that they give. We will stand shoulder high and neck tall. Black lives matter. Yes, black lives do matter. But in America, 4 million children are aborted each year. Black children I'm talking about now. 4 million black kids are aborted. In UK, 2 million children aborted yearly. And this is underestimated. Now, some of those children that have been aborted who are black kids, 4 million of them in America, among them are messengers of God. Among them are people God is sending to the world to, to really change the destiny of black people and to affect the nation of America. And we ignore those ones and begin to follow agenda that the devil has set up. None of you should be a victim of such. Because wherever you live to, when the rapture happens, we determine whether you agree with Christ or not. If the trumpet sound and the mystery and all those things come, I tell you the truth, according to the word of Jesus Christ, you are gone. And so we must not be ignorant of the device of the devil. And let me say this to you, for those of you who are probably having some fears, you have received instruction of boldness. God works behind everything. Really, I'm so glad that uh, Dr. Lockhart, but most of the ministers who have been speaking to me, really, I will say all of them, the first expression that he said is how good the lockdown was for them. Many of them have increased in number. The, the, the members are praying more than they ever prayed before. And in CFT, I told you, this is our 124th night of prayer. Every day people pray. Night vigil. Pray in the seven prayer night vigil. And people are crying to God. At the same time, let me tell you, give a testimony. Since the lockdown came out, uh, as we relaxed, though we could not, everybody could not meet in church because of the social distancing. But yet, the first Sunday we had visitors coming in for the first time. Second Sunday we had visitors. The third Sunday we had visitors coming for the first time. And so God is adding. And these visitors who came, I, I saw them the following week, and they are still coming. God is adding to His number. So let us dwell on what God said. Yesterday I told you many Christians talk about Satan, demons and stuff, but we have more angels on earth who are working with us, assigned by God. God said it in the beginning of the year. And I saw them sent to the earth to reinforce the angels, I told you. And so we want to concentrate on what heaven is doing and carry that out to the nations of the world and our voice must sound distinct and clear, not confused. According to the word of God, we must stand by and make noise too, so that the world may know that God is in the midst of all this situation, seeking the heart of mortal men to come to him. What a glorious day that we have. We bless the name of the Lord for um, Dr. Loka. Put your hands together for him and give God praise for the servant of God. Amen. I will bring back Reverend Josephine Collier before we share the grace. We give God thanks and praise for this conference. We're going to meet again tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I was so impressed this morning when I uh, tried logging on at 9.30 and several people were online. Well done. That is very good. So it's good for you to do that. Start praying, you know, prepare yourself very well. You know, our daddy has told us that we, it depends on the state of our heart how much we are going to receive during these meetings. 
So we must prepare our hearts. The same discipline when we are in the church should be observed when we are in our homes. Very important. We must reverence God. Now, our own homes have become our Bethel. Open doors. Amen. Angels ascend and descend. What a privilege we have. So let us treat it, treat it as such. Honor God. Take this time seriously. Not just, you know, sign on, take off your, your, your face, do whatever you want to do and be going about your own business. That's not what we want. We want to spend time before God. We want to treat it as if we are together in the conference. We are together in one hall. But we are in our homes and we are connected with our spirits. But we should also make sure in body we stay in one specific place to drink in the word of God. And we are going to be blessed. Amen. You will surely be blessed. So we we'll look forward to having you again tomorrow morning. And then we meet on Wednesday night and Thursday night is the last night. So we give you thanks and praise. We give God thanks and praise for the privilege that is given unto us. Amen. May God bless you all and may God bless the speaker that God used to bless us today. Amen. We've had some downloads straight from the secret throne room. Amen. God bless you all. Well, God bless you all and we hope to see God bless you all.